We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Patton. We are doing a special post-lottery reaction podcast. Jason, can you feel the hype? The Chicago Bulls will pick number 38 overall (laughs) in the NBA draft. The Bulls lose their first-round pick, which was top four protected. They had a 20% chance to keep it, uh, and they actually moved down a spot. They Right? No, they stayed at at number eight. They stayed at eight? Okay. So they stay at eight. The pick goes to the Magic. Uh, That's part of the Nikola Vucevic trade. The Bulls also owe the Magic their first-round pick in 2023. That's also top four protected. So... We were hoping for a lot, or for a miracle today, Jason. Uh, you wake up, and all you see are screenshots of Tankathon, and people are like, first try! And it's the Bulls picking in the top four, the Bulls picking number one. And a lot of people got their hopes up for that. I was getting a bunch of text messages throughout the day uh, asking me how excited I was about the lottery and uh, you know if I thought the Bulls were going to move up. And I had the same response to all of these people, Jason. It was, the Bulls don't deserve to move up. They traded the pick. Yes, they top four protected it, but they traded it. So I didn't expect them to keep it. Uh, Obviously, they had a one in five chance to keep it, but I had no expectations going into this. So personally, I wasn't particularly heartbroken because uh, since they made that trade, I didn't expect them to have the pick. Uh, So... I, I don't feel too burned by this, but how are you doing right now? I mean, I'm fine. I think it is definitely disappointing. You always go into these lottery things, talk yourself into getting lucky. Uh, I'm rocking the rocking a bull, some Bulls gear right now with a good luck charm. Obviously, that's all bullshit anyways, but uh, they lose the pick, whatever. Uh, div- like in the moment, definitely disappointing. I'm over it right now. We got to look past it. As you said, the odds were, were against them. I believe it was something like 34% chance of staying at 8 and trading that pick away. Only a 20%, 20.3% chance of actually moving up and keeping it. So, like, the odds were against them. So, as you said, you, were, you took the right mindset. Like, instead of getting all worked up and 
doing running all these tankathon uh, things and all that. You just were basically like, they're probably going to lose it if they get it. And that's that's awesome. That'll really help the team in terms of their team building. But they probably went into this as well. Like you know, like it'd be great if we get it. If we don't, we have other plans. We're going to have to move forward with those other plans. So hopefully, I mean, we've t- I mean, we've talked obviously forever on this podcast about how they're going to have to get creative no matter what. That that's even more the case now. Uh, so I guess Ricky, let's let's go go back to this, and we have talked about this before. Just like does this, I mean, I guess since like you were expecting this, thoughts on like the Vucevic trade? Because I'm sure like this will kind of sour some more people on like what they're uh, what like what they gave up in that trade. What happened with all that? Like, and I know you've I think you went even when the deal happened. I don't, I don't think you were quite as excited as I was. Like you you gave the trade like a B minus right for the Bulls. Thank you for remembering that. Yeah, no one else. Yeah that but you yeah so like do you have do you thinking any differently after losing officially losing this pick about the trade do you think they still should have made it do you think they should have maybe held off or at least maybe given up not quite as much what do you what's your thought process yeah so I guess my first thought is that the trade was obviously a slam dunk for the magic for the magic to get a top 10 pick out of this and they uh enhance the odds of their own pick landing number five overall uh, I have them taking Scotty Barnes with that pick, freshman forward out of Florida State. I think the consensus selection in that spot is going to be Jonathan Kaminga. I'm not quite as high on Kaminga, but he's sort of an interesting long-term prospect too. So, uh, you know, for the Magic, it's just phenomenal to be able to get this first-round pick in the top 10 at number 8, and you still have another first-round pick coming in 2023. It's a slam dunk for the Magic. There's no doubt about that. And for the Bulls, here's what I'll say, man. The eighth pick in this draft was not even going to come close to saving them, especially in this particular class. Uh, After I got outside the top four, I thought that this class is really uninspiring. Five through 14 is just a total, you know, total wild card selection, in my opinion, no matter who you take. I do like Scotty Barnes. I have him five. Uh, So, you know. If the Bulls could have gotten him, I think he would have been a great fit next to Vucevic. And Levine, we talked about him a little bit on the podcast yesterday with Brian Schroeder. Everyone go check that out. It's more in-depth draft coverage. But uh, in terms of the Bulls, like, yeah, they gave up a lot for Vucevic, dude. To give up a top-10 pick this year, you still owe another future protected pick. You also gave up Wendell Carter, who might have had trade value. You also took back a bad contract. Uh, You know, they gave up a lot, man. So... I think that I'm not out on the deal by any means. I think that uh, the Vucevic-Levine two-man game should be really, really effective. And we've just seen that, you know, offense sort of has dominated the playoffs, right? I think that's a fair statement to make. Uh, You look at Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons just being two of the biggest disappointments in the postseason thus far. They were one-two in defensive player of the year. Well, Levine and Vucevic are offensive first guys. So I do think that, you know, if the Bulls could get in the postseason, you see what Devin Booker's done in the playoffs. You see what Donovan Mitchell's done in the playoffs, what Murray did in the bubble for the Nuggets last year. I do think Levine's built to thrive in the playoffs. Uh, Vucevic, the only problem with him is he's 30. So they just aren't going to have a really long time with him. He's under contract for two more years. He should be really good for both of those two years. And then I think the Bulls' long-term plan is that, you know, once he expires, hopefully the Bulls are in a better spot where they are more appealing to major free agents. And, of course, which will, I'm sure, be repeated on this podcast, 
for two years, and it will certainly come to a disappointing end. But Nikola Jokic is a free agent the same year Vucevic expires. So uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what the Bulls do with the team now that you know they don't have the saving grace of this lottery pick. We can finally drop it. Uh, but I don't think the stories change much. Like the Bulls still gave up a lot for Vucevic. He is a good player. And they, to me, they just don't have a lot of avenues for improving the team without getting really creative. I thought that, you know, taking on a bad contract, someone like Kemba Walker, that could be an option. Uh, you know, do they turn around and try to get into a three or four team deal to get Ben Simmons? Do you trade Vucevic in a deal to try to bring Simmons back to Chicago? At least he's younger, gives you uh, more of an extended runway. I don't know. I think that Karnaschovas is going to have to get very creative, and I don't think there is an obvious next move for him to make on the chessboard. I would definitely agree. I'm still like somewhat optimistic because I feel like with the offseason, hopefully they do make some moves. We don't know what that is. That the team still should be better next season. They should still be pretty good and pretty fun. Uh, I just feel like they were kind of just like going nowhere with the team that they had. So like, I think the trade for Vucevic was still good. I would have done it again. I do think you can question, like, should they have given up both picks and taken on the bad deal with Aminu and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they did overpay a little bit there. Maybe a little desperation. Maybe they did were one of those, like, delusional teams that uh, he, AK was talking about himself before the deadline. Uh, and So maybe that's the case. I guess uh, for in, in the comments here from Tim Gallo, and I guess this is actually, I was going to bring this up, how this kind of made the Bulls' night even worse, that the Pistons got number one, so they're going to get Cade Cunningham. And then the Cavs also moved up to, to number three. I know Woj was talking about how uh, th- they'll probably be open for business. Maybe, maybe, maybe they could be a Ben Simmons target. I know Cavs fans were going nuts on Twitter talking about possibly like trading that pick, whether that's for Ben Simmons or for somebody else to accelerate the rebuild. But... Two division rivals move up into the top three with the Pistons getting Cade. And obviously, like, the Bucks are going to be great. And the Pacers, we'll see, are kind of a mess as well. And the Bulls, I feel like they should be better. But just a tough night in general for the, Bull, for the Bulls with two division rivals also moving up. Uh, and Tim asks, are the Bulls not the least interesting team of the last five years? No high picks or playoffs. And it sucks to be a Bulls fan. I mean... Over the last few years, yes, the Bulls have been an absolutely miserable team to watch for the most part, outside of like some Levine uh, explosions. Like it's it's been pretty brutal. I mean, I think they have probably I think the worst record in the NBA since they traded Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think they were second worst before this year, and the Knicks. I think the Knicks were the worst. So like, the, and the Knicks made a big jump. So I'm pretty sure the Bulls are probably not the worst. So it has been an absolutely miserable four or five years of Bulls basketball for sure. And there is no clear path forward here. They do have two All Stars. They still have to get a lot better around them. They don't have this pick now to help them, whether in a trade, whether they actually would have taken somebody in the top four. So there are a few more question marks in terms of building this team. I'm not totally out on them for sure. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess, like, looking to those uh, – oh, we'll get to this other comment here in a second. Looking to, like, the in the division, uh, I mean, slam dunk, piss, uh, K to the Pistons. What do you think about uh, that roster moving forward? And then with the Cavs as well, what do you think they'll do? Yeah, first thought on Cade to the Pistons is what happens to our boy Killian Hayes. That's who I wanted the Bulls to take at number four last year. He did not have a promising rookie year. He was also one of the youngest prospects in the draft class, and he dealt with injury issues. It's easy to envision a scenario where two years from now, Killian Hayes is perhaps a buy-low candidate. Uh, He was drafted to be the lead ball handler, and now he's not going to be the lead ball handler. Now it's going to be Cade Cunningham's team. Killian, if he's going to be effective for that team, is going to have to 
move into an off-ball role. And guess what? Killian Hayes is a pretty poor spot-up shooter. He's a much better off-the-dribble shooter. Uh, he's best with the ball in his hands, and I don't think he's going to be playing with the ball in his hands all that often anymore. I guess it'll be interesting to see just how heliocentric the Pistons go around Cade. Are they going to use him like he's Luka Doncic or James Harden, or will they go with the multiple ball handler system? I think that they had a really good draft last year getting Sadiq Bey, uh, who will fit in really nicely around Cade just as a 3 and D wing. They got Isaiah Stewart in the draft last year as well. So if I'm the Pistons, you really just want shooting next to Cade. Uh, so I Cade was the first guy I thought of. Like, what happens to Killian? Is Killian even any good? Uh, I think it's way too early to write him off, but his first year was not particularly encouraging. So it's fair to say that too. Uh, yeah, what, what else did you say? Just the Cavs at number three. Cavs, super fascinating. So who do they go with, Suggs or Green, or is Mobley going to be on the board? Like, I've had Mobley, I've been firm about Mobley being the number two overall pick in this draft, just from a pure talent perspective. If I'm the Rockets, I think it's a no-brainer to swing for Mobley, because if Mobley hits his potential, uh, he's going to be the second best player in the draft or he could maybe even be better than Cade if he truly hits his 100th percentile outcome. Uh, Jalen Green is who the draft express guys had the Rockets taking at number two. So the Rockets really uh, are going to, you know, obviously determine the next two picks. We know the first four picks are going to be Cade at number one. And then in some order, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. Suggs is more of an all around complimentary guard. Of course, everyone probably knows who he is after his breakout freshman season for Gonzaga. Jalen Green is just a walking bucket. His NBA player comparison, quite frankly, is Zach Levine. Uh, just a really explosive score, ridiculous athlete, tough shot maker. Uh, I like Jalen Green. He's got questions about his defense and about his playmaking. And then you got Mobley, who's a really skinny seven-footer. Uh, I think he's got tremendous defensive potential. I like his projectable shooting. I think he's a really good passer when uh, you know opposing teams trap the pick and roll. So personally, I would take... Mobley second if I'm the Rockets the Cavs should be praying that Mobley drops to three because they already have two small guards Colin Sexton who I think averaged like 25 a game this year he took a big step up even though you know maybe he's still best suited for a sixth man role then you got Darius Garland who also improved quite a bit in his second season those are two small guards last year they take a defensive wing in Isaac Coro. so they get Mobley I think that'd be a slam dunk for the Cavs Otherwise, Suggs are green. Uh, that's a total toss-up to me. And I gave him Jalen Green in my mock draft. I already published a mock draft after the lottery results. 5,000 words. It's on SBNation.com. Go check it out if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, that has all my draft analysis in it, and I pre-wrote it and you know put basically all my thoughts on all the prospects in that. Uh, but if I'm a Cavs fan, I'm really hoping that Houston passes on Mobley because that's the guy who I would want. Uh, what do you, I, I feel like in that case, if like it does go Cade Mobley, like it seems like a trade would be a pretty high possibility for them. What do yeah, you think? because yeah. the next two best players are guards. So what would probably be the smart thing for the Cavs is just to trade Sexton. Oh, yeah, I was, that was, that's what I was saying. Because I feel like Garland was pretty damn good this year. I know Sexton was too, but like uh, I, I know people, there were some reports about like complaints about Sexton's style of play, and he's not really a point guard. He's kind of a ball hog and I know Garland had a really nice second season uh so yeah maybe they do that and maybe they go with like Garland and what Jalen Green as like their future backcourt I mean I feel like 
either, either way, it seems like the Cavs, like I said, Woj said before the lottery today that it seemed like the Cavs would be open for business. I'm pretty sure Dan Gilbert, uh, sick of rebuilding. They want to take a big step forward. So I feel like, I guess I mentioned the Simmons thing with them. I feel like I would be on the lookout maybe for Simmons to the Cavs as a possibility, but, uh, or just a tra- some type of trade in general to shake things up there because they, they have a ton of young guys. Uh, Kevin Love has been kind of a disaster, uh, and they definitely do need some type of, I feel like, proven talent if they actually do want to take that step forward. Yeah. Uh, if I'm a Cavs fan, I would want them to trade Sexton. That would be my preferred move. So, you know, we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, do you think that they would really part with a number three for Simmons? Like, I don't think that that's a horrible trade. Uh, it would be, be a good trade for the Sixers, I think. Like, the Sixers take Jalen Green. You pair Green with Kaminga. Or, I'm sorry, Green with Embiid. What am I talking about? Pair Green with Embiid. Maybe they even take Suggs. But, uh, you know, Green or Suggs would be interesting there. So, I don't know. What, what do you think about that trade? I feel like that, that seems like kind of desperate. Like, I feel like with where Simmons' value is at right now, like, trading number three is kind of a lot. But it seems like the Cavs might be desperate. I don't know. Like I said, I think Dan Gilbert is, like, sick of losing all these games. And that was kind of a thing last year. And now it's coming out already again. that They're, like, they want to make moves and get better. And, like, again, Simmons would make them better, for sure. Like, a lot better in the regular season. Uh, just the regular season and playoffs are just so much different. And, uh, I mean, maybe the Cavs just want to get back to the, to the playoffs and be a perennial playoff contender. And Simmons would help them do that. Maybe they would do that. I don't know. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back to the Bulls here. We have some other Bulls questions in here. Uh, First of all, we have from Kirk Heinrich, Captain Kirk. At what point will you feel comfortable assessing AK? Is it fair to say the honeymoon period should be over after this offseason? The answer is absolutely yes. I'd say the honeymoon period is over right now. Uh, After you have, this will be the offseason number two. Offseason number one, they didn't do jack shit. They signed Garrett Temple. Uh, You draft Patrick Williams. I think most people, the Garrett Temple signing was fine, but when that was all that was in free agency, that was garbage. Uh, Patrick Williams, I think most of us think is a pretty solid pick. We'll see what how he develops. We'll see if the Bulls even look to trade him. Like I don't know if they'll feel more pressure now to trade him now that they don't have this pick at, at their disposal. And Patrick Williams is their best uh, trade asset right now outside of their top two best players. So that'll be interesting to see. But uh, they have to do something. They got to make moves. I mean, you have you and this kind of plays into these next couple questions from Tim again and from Shane about. Is there a real risk that Zach Levine walks next offseason? And Shane said, yeah, don't want to be a buzzkill. Are we talking about Levine's free agency enough? If the Bulls aren't a top team, is he more likely to leave? I mean, everything that is out there right now about Zach is that he loves Chicago. He loves being the man here. 
uh, and that he would like to stay. But, like, you never know. Like, he's never been in the playoffs. If the Bulls blow chunks again next season and suck again, I mean, I don't think I wouldn't put it past him. If he wants to go somewhere else, I wouldn't blame him. If someone else wants to go, I know, like, the Bulls have the advantage uh, in terms of what they can offer, in terms of money-wise, that they can offer more than any other team. But, like, uh, if he can, if he goes and gets a what a four year a big four year max from somebody else from a good team that can uh, that will like a, a playoff team, I mean I wouldn't put it past him to leave. Again, there have been no signs that he wants out. But if the Bulls suck again and he's just like you know what this will be what his seventh or eighth season and he's just sick of this shit. I mean I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility that he bounces. I would expect him to stay as long as they offer him the big money contract and after they made the trade. For Vucevic, they basically back themselves into a corner, and now they sort of have to uh, pay him. So I expect that he will be here long term on a max deal. That's my expectation. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe he'll just want if he says, "Give me this five year max or whatever that whatever that is, uh, like two hundred some million. I don't have the exact number in front of me. And maybe he's good with that. And he's good being the man in Chicago, and that he has faith in this front office to get better over the course of that deal." Uh, maybe he would do that. I just, I mean, he's just every year for the last couple of years, it's just, you know, I want to win. I want to be able to show myself on the stage and he's seeing these other guys in the playoffs winning games. And like, you do have to wonder if that's just weighing on him, even with all that money. I know he got like a, a bargain deal last free agency in 40 years, 78 million that just all these other guys were getting maxes after the rookie deal. And he did not get that. So maybe he will, will just take the big money deal and that's it. But I mean, he can still get a lot of money from somebody else. Not quite as much and be on a better team, like, I, I don't think it's 100% that he's definitely staying here. Uh, I think as long as the Bulls are decent this season, I feel like they probably, he probably will, but if there's a disaster and they really, and they suck again for some reason, I, I, I just wouldn't, pa- wouldn't pass him. It does still put some pressure on this front office to at least make some moves, like we said, get creative and improve this team to at least show Zach and show Vooch, whatever, that they're meaning business, and at least at least be a somewhat decent playoff contender. I don't think anyone thinks, no matter what the Bulls do this offseason, that they're going to be a championship contender. That's just not going to happen. As we've talked about, like you can, you hope that maybe they make a Hawks-esque jump. That will be harder, given the fact the Hawks had like $60 million in cap space last year. Uh, they just had some other weird stuff going on that caused them to be uh, really bad last year, and they take this big jump this year with the new coach. Like That kind of jump will be tough. But just that something like that, or even like the Knicks, where they're just a, they take a, with they add what ten to fifteen wins and get up and be a playoff team. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility again, and I think that would help definitely secure Zach's commitment. I guess the Bulls will we'll see if the Bulls try to do some kind of thing with an extension this off season. We know that the base extension, which is like four years, one hundred five one hundred five million, is uh, is not he's not going to take it. If they they can use cap space to try to renegotiate and extend him. I still kind of would be surprised if he if they did that. I'd be kind of surprised if they take it. I think he's going to try to play for that five year super max deal next off season. So, but that still is on the table. We'll see if how they go. So, uh, I would tend to agree with you, Ricky, that for the most part, I think he's mostly safe. But I still do think that there's a chance if they are bad that uh, he leaves. Well, I'm excited to talk about this for the next twelve months because I guess it's going to be one of the things hanging over the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got Kristen here as well. <laughs> suck again for some reason. I guess that is true. Like, it would not be a sur- I guess I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls did suck again. I mean, we we don't know how they're going to look defensively. As as enticing as the Vooch Zach duo does seem offensively, I mean, they 
not a great defensive duo. They have to build nicely. We don't know what, what Patrick Williams is going to be like. We don't know when Kobe White is going to be back. I mean, we, we haven't even talk, talked about that yet. I mean, Kobe White's going to be out. Whatever you think of him, like that's a bummer that he's going to probably miss the start of the season. Uh, they have to upgrade a point guard somehow. Whether that, I mean, we've talked about Lonzo a ton. There's other guys, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was cleared today, so he's good. He's good to go. He's totally healthy again. He'll be looking for probably a pretty big money deal because he's. I think he turned down like a twelve million dollar player option, something like that, to hit free agency. So he'll be a name out there. Dennis Schroeder will be out there. Uh, Bunch of other names out there. If they want to think big, there's the Mike Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, those guys. Uh, I don't like. I, I'm I'm curious actually with the Raptors moving up to number four, if that has any effect on Lowry possibly staying. I have no idea. Who knows? But the Raptors, the Raptors certainly got lucky. The Raptors had an awful, miserable season. They kind of tanked at the end of the season, and then they ended up moving up to number four. So. Things worked out decently for them after a terrible season, so I guess good for them. That'll be that'll be an interesting team to watch. Whether Lowry stays, whether what they do with Siakam, uh, with they have still have Fred VanVleet there, and they still have OG there, so that'll be an interesting team to watch too. And the East, and another team that'll be competing with the Bulls for a playoff spot. Yeah, and to the question like when is it when can we start judging Karnaschovas? I mean, as soon as this off season's over, like how are the Bulls going to look entering yeah. the season? Uh, you know, it it could be a bleak year for the Bulls, but I don't think that just because the team has never been good with Levine necessarily means they're going to be bad again. I mean, look at Devin Booker and the Suns. The Suns were trash every year with Devin Booker. And I said this, I think, on a previous episode, but, uh, you know, there's like two types of star-level players in the NBA. There's floor risers and there's ceiling risers, right? Floor raisers and ceiling raisers. And both Booker and Levine were unable to carry bad teams to mediocrity. And because of that, people, you know, took shots at them, said that they put up empty calorie stats, said they were overrated, overpaid. Uh, a lot of people thought Devin Booker was overpaid on that contract when he originally signed it. But now you look at Booker and he's just a monster in the playoffs. His numbers throughout the season and his skill set are pretty similar to Levine's. So I think Levine could be really good in the playoffs. The Bulls need to build a better team around Levine instead of expecting Levine to drag them to mediocrity and uh, or like, you know, pseudo contention, low level playoff contention. And that's why they did the trade for Vucevic. Uh, the team is still not even close to good enough right now. So they need another big time move. I think the way the last front office whiffed on you know, their last nine first-round picks after Jimmy Butler, none of those guys ended up being long-term pieces for the Bulls. I guess the jury's still out on uh, Kobe, but that's the only one with any hope left. And then you have Pat is the first pick for the new regime. So, yeah, Bulls got a lot of work to do. I'm not going to say that the Bulls are immediately doomed. I mean, look what the Hawks did. They had they had more cap space to work with. They had a, you know, they had a good offseason, and just having Trey – was a leg yeah, up. I mean, Trey's been awesome for sure. Trey He's was better. Tough. Trey better, probably better. Actually, I don't want to say better playoff player than Levine because we haven't seen him, but Trey's ability to just run an offense, manipulate defenses, and we've seen just how good he's been against two Trey's- really good defensive teams. Just like different type of player, uh, that kind of guy, obviously just super important to have. And he's been awesome. He's been super cool. fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, doubt the Bulls. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not defending the Bulls here. Anyone who's ever read my book coverage should know that I'm the last person in the world who's going to be the rah-rah fan. <laughs> the Bulls suck until proven otherwise. But I could see them being, you know, the 6, 7, or 8 seed next year, depending on 
how this offseason goes. So this is it for Karnaschovas. Let's see it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think my expectations are that they got to make the play in at least, maybe the playoffs. If they don't, I think that's a huge failure and definitely honeymoon period way over. Because I think it's over right now, but uh, uh, we'll see. Oh, maybe front. Uh, maybe this offseason, you know, the point guard upgrade, Cameron Payne, who currently has 21 points to lead the Suns right now in this third quarter against the Suns and the Clippers. Bring back Cameron Payne to be the point guard of the future. This time it'll definitely work. Uh, here's from Kirk again. Do you think there's any chance the Bulls go after Kyle Lowry? Uh, I brought up Lowry. It seems like a long shot. Can they fit him into their cap? I'm assuming he's Lowry will get probably like a short-term uh, like big deal, probably something what like two fifty? Is that even another two sixty? I mean, Lowry's he is thirty five. He's he is very good. Uh, he he would help the Bulls a lot. He'd bring just like obviously he's a winning player. His stats don't look that great, but like just the winning plays that he makes, just the toughness, the leadership, and all that kind of stuff. Like Lowry, still definitely worth a lot. Like, what do you think? What kind of deal do you think Kyle Lowry gets this offseason? Uh, I think at least twenty million a year for two years. That's like the worst deal he would get. I think. And if the Bulls could get him for that deal, I think that that would be a nice addition for the Bulls to line him up with Vucevic's contract. Uh, that could probably be a pretty good deal for the Bulls if they can somehow come away with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I'm sure. I said I'm sure he'll have plenty of suitors. uh, Like mentioned. Uh, he'd probably want him. I'm sure the teams that tried to trade for him would love to get him. That'd be the, the Heat, the Sixers, the Lakers. Uh, I feel like the Sixers probably should be kicking themselves. They did not trade for Kyle Lowry. He would have helped them a ton uh, in the series, uh, in these playoffs. And like, especially with this opportunity now with the Nets going down, with the Lakers going down, like Sixers really should have been that team. They're ready to, to pounce and they blew it in the second round. Like that's uh, pretty brutal, but um more quote, we got more Lonzo Ball stuff. Where do you draw the line for Lonzo? Anything over twenty? Uh, Chris doesn't think the Bulls the Bulls can get him. Uh, I do. I really. I think we talked about this last time. Like, I really am curious, like what the Pelicans do think about Lonzo and how much they want to pay him. Actually, we definitely did talk about this last pod. Like, are they willing to go? I, I think you'll have to pay a decent amount to get him, uh, unless he just like really wants to leave. But even then, like the, the Pelicans have whatever matching rights, so like if a team doesn't come in with a big offer, they can just match. And I mean, I'm sure he would love to stay with. Zion. I know it's only in New Orleans, but whatever. Like with Zion there, with Ingram there, like they could be a really fun team. And if he at least gets a decent amount of money, like I don't, I don't know if the Pelicans are going to let him go. If they do want to shake things up, like I think around twenty is probably the most he because he still has flaws. Like is like idea the idea of Lonzo is like nice as a. You call him like a, I think an offensive connector. He can't drive. He doesn't really shoot free throws. Like he doesn't finish that well. But like he's improved his three point shooting a lot. He can really with him and him and Zach in transition would be a lot of fun. Theoretically, he's a good defender. Even though the Pelicans were not good defensively, and we saw the Bulls roast them a few times. But like I feel like around twenty million is probably a reasonable reasonable max amount for Lonzo. Anything more than that, I don't know. We'll see if like the Knicks go after him. I'm sure he'll have, he'll have other suitors as well. Yep. I mean, same thing we've always been talking about. So it's like what it's just going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Uh, you know, the draft is the 29th. Once the draft is here, I feel like, you know, the two weeks leading up, like the week leading up to it and the two weeks after it are going to be the high points of NBA offseason activity. So yeah. uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Karnaschova should feel a ton of pressure, though. Yeah, absolutely. And uh Question on Spencer Dinwiddie. We brought him up. Uh, I'm, I, obviously, this will be, this is his second ACL injury. He'll be coming back from. This was only a partially torn one. 
he's coming back from he's coming back pretty quickly again. He was cleared today by his doctor. Former Bull, the Bulls should not have given gotten rid of him uh, in the first place. I can't remember was that the who did they trade him for? Was that Cameron Bearstow? What was that trade? Do you remember what yeah. they how they dumped Dinwiddie? It was Bearstow. Yeah, brutal. Like obviously, like he wasn't as good as he is now uh, back then, but like just another whiff. Total mis-evaluation there. Uh, I mean, I would be fine with him. I think he'll probably cost less than Lonzo. I think he is a little older. Uh, he's not like is he is good, but he's not that good. If you look at his numbers, like his shooting numbers aren't that good. But like, I mean, he would help the Bulls. I'd probably rather him have him over Schroeder, right? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want so, no part of Schroeder. Yeah, I mean, he's just. It sounds like he's kind of a. He's okay. He's a decent player, but it sounds like he's kind of a pain in the ass too, and just like. I mean, he, there was no reason he should have turned down that 484 from the Lakers. Like, I can't imagine he's getting anywhere close to that in free agency after the playoff run that he had. So, like, dumb. But, uh, yeah, I think, I, like, Lonzo, probably the best option out of the – if you're not going to go get, like, Kyle Lowry or, like, maybe even Conley, like, Lonzo, maybe the most realistic best target. And then probably Dinwiddie, then probably Schroeder. I mean, there's a lot of other names out there as well, and we've talked about some of these guys. But, um Next question here from Jose. Are there any players you want to see the Bulls trade in the bottom half of the draft take a flyer on? Ricky, this is definitely a great question for you. I'll let you uh, take that one. Yeah. So I guess let me click on my mock draft here. So, like, you know, if the Bulls could get a late first-round pick, are we saying, who would be a potentially intriguing target for them? Uh I don't really think that the Bulls are going to trade in the late first round. I think the Bulls are going to be picking at twenty eight. Like, how would they? How would they do that? Like, I don't like. I don't think like you're signing and trading in Lowry for a first round pick. Are you? Like, I guess no. like would a team really would a team really do that? Like, give up a first rounder to sign and trade for for a sign and trade Lowry? Like, I just can't really see that. Right. All right. I like Rocco as a guy who maybe they could take at thirty eight too. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Rocco Prakasin out of Croatia. Six foot nine forward with ball skills, with shooting. I would take him for sure at 38. He'd be a super slam dunk pick. In my mock draft, I had him going 28 to the Sixers. So if the Bulls can somehow get in on that, uh, I would take him. Other late first round picks, I think that Miles McBride could be good for them. Deuce McBride out of uh, West Virginia. He's small, he's only about six foot one, but he's a good shooter, really good defender. Uh, not super creative off the dribble, but I just think he's sort of a winning type of player. So I would look for Miles McBride either at 38 or late in the first round. That would be someone who they could target. And then, you know, if they can get Sharif Cooper, that would really be an interesting, uh, lottery ticket for a future creator, future lead playmaker. But I think that, you know, he's likely to be a top 20 pick. We, we talked about Cooper a lot in our pod yesterday. Was that a misprint with it? There was combine stuff going on today and, I thought I saw someone say that he measured at like six four, like, and that's not even close to what he's at. What happened with that? What was the deal, dude? He measured somehow at six four barefoot. He was like six three and seven eighths barefoot, which is ridiculous. Because if you would have got if you would have asked me to guess his height without shoes, I would have said you know probably sub six foot or six foot even. He was listed at six one by Auburn, so you know normally the school is lying and adding a couple inches of height. <laughs> I don't know if they were – he has, you know, big hair. Maybe they were measuring him to the top of his hair. That could be potentially what happened, but uh, really crazy that he measured that tall. Maybe he's grown. I don't know. So, uh, 
that that to me just seemed like it was that measurement was not believable. <laughs> yeah, was, I don't like I don't know much about this guy, but from our conversation yesterday, it's like he's short, but like incredible passer, all that kind of stuff. And then I saw like people going nuts over him being listed at like six three point five or six four, and I was like, whoa, that seems like a huge deal, and like would really raise his draft stock up much higher. That's true. All right, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we covered a bunch of stuff there. I did like this question from Shane about what week does Justin Fields start? You say week six? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Actually, I, I think it's going to be earlier than that. Andy Dalton sucks ass. He's he's going to be out soon. But uh, yeah, I think that's about it for Bulls stuff here. Obviously, again, a disappointing night for the Bulls, just in terms of their lottery thing, and then in terms of NL, uh, not NL Central. I've got the Cubs in my mind right now uh, with. Just their central division uh, rivals, both getting into the top three. So that's tough, tough for them. But as we've said, uh, they got to shake it off. They got to get creative, anyways. The pressure is on AK now. Uh, we'll see if they try to make any moves into the draft. They do have the 38th pick. Uh, I guess we'll try to hang our hat on the fact that the Nuggets took Nikola Jokic 41st. Uh, maybe the Bulls get another gem. Maybe the dude they drafted in the second round last year will turn into a gem. Who knows when he'll be over. Uh, I, we haven't heard anything else about that other European guy that they were rumored to be in on. I guess we'll, that's something else to look for, to look out for if there's any moves there. But uh, So yeah, disappointing. Bulls don't have a first-round pick. But uh, offseason's always fun. A lot of stuff could happen in free agency with trades. Uh, hopefully the rumors start getting getting going pretty soon. And We'll, we'll be we'll be here talking about it. We'll be here yammering about it. But uh, I think that should do it here. Ricky, do you have any final thoughts? Or are you good? I'm good. All righty. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. If you came in late, all that kind of stuff, This will, as always, this will be up on our podcast feed, our cash considerations feed, uh, a bit, probably later overnight or in the morning, whenever you want to listen to it. Uh, shout out, as always, to the Blue Wire Network with the lottery happening tonight. Plenty of great podcasts. I'm sure there were some other. Uh, there'll be other some other good ones here on Spotify Green Room. So check out all those other great podcasts as well. If you're interested in lottery talk, playoff talk, all that good stuff. We got Clippers Suns going on right now. It looks like another good game. DeAndre Ayton killing it. Cameron Payne killing it. We'll see how that one finishes up. Uh, and as always, for us here at Cash Considerations, please rate and review us. Where you listen to your podcast, give us those five star ratings. Give us feedback. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Stitcher, all those places for for me and Ricky. My Twitter account, I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SB underscore Ricky. Hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if you have questions and all that, and we'll try to answer them on our next pod. Not totally sure what that next pod's going to be. I'm going to be in Vegas this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It'll be, uh, my guy Kristen here is in the room right now. I'll be seeing him in Vegas. A lot of fun for a bachelor party. So uh, probably, probably next week we'll talk about something Bulls. We'll see if anything happens. Otherwise, we'll talk playoffs. We'll have other Bulls offseason ideas. But uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time and take it easy. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.